I'm hitting go. <laughs> Nailed it. Well, it is it is a my hops and brews night. So. It is a hops and brews night, so I, I wanted to give us some buffer time. All right. Hey. Hey, everybody. Hello. All right. Welcome to Talking Heads, everyone. Episode 320, your once-week live show for the latest in beer and tech news. I'm Jeff. I'm John. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thank you all so much for joining us on this Wednesday night or in podcast form over on Anchor.fm or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. If you've never seen the show before, we talk beer, we talk tech, we talk games, pop culture, entertainment, sometimes some Star Trek. All Super Chats are read right on the air, so long as they will not permanently demonetize a channel. However, an even better way to help support the channel would be to go on over to craftcomputing.store, pick yourself up a fantastic nucleated pint glass, also available in hops and brews flavors, uh, and start drinking like a pro. Last but not least, if you'd like to take part in the super secret chat and the even more super secret after party, think about joining the Patreon. Link is down in the video description and is yet another way that you can help give me money. Uh, literally helps keep the lights on around here, helps fun content that you enjoy. Uh, and you can hang out in the chat with myself, John, Rhett, Steve, all the hosts from Talking Heads, and join the awesome community that hangs out over there. Welcome to the show. Welcome all. Welcome, welcome. Uh, I'm ready for a beer. <laughs> I, I am totally ready for a beer. Uh, I... I was working today. I was uh, I'm working on writing up writing up a little bit of a different script uh, or different type of video set after like two deep dives into Procmox architecture. Uh, I'm reviewing this keyboard and uh, it's both fantastic and I hate it. And, and I'm not <laughs> quite sure how to properly give it its due and say some people might like this because keyboards are one of those they're so personal uh especially if you even start to encroach on enthusiast levels of keyboards like um you know i have very particular things that i like in my keyboards in my layouts in my key settings in my the the cup of my keycaps like i i have very specificity in in what i like um I'm trying to crap all over this layout while also going, if you like this layout, you're okay. <laughs> but, but I don't. <laughs> and I think it's just the way it was advertised. And so I, like a lot of my reviews, I'm trying to go up after the advertisement and the, the actual use case of this keyboard and would it actually be beneficial or are, are they overstating the benefits of this particular keyboard, which they are. So... <laughs> Uh, and uh, yeah my reached a, a point where I was like the words are starting to combine so I went and took an hour and a half nap this afternoon so I'm feeling pretty good now <laughs> yeah I know it, it, it really is one of those things it, there's been plenty of times where uh, we've had emergencies at work and then uh, the other guy that does IT is like I've been staring at the screen too much I gotta go take like an hour of nap Yeah, and you have to walk away to clear your mind mm-hmm. and just be like, and then you come back and you're like, oh, I'm fresh. Hey, I just had an idea. And yep, stupidly enough, it usually works. It's why I hate paying people by the hour. Pay them by the job you expect them to do. Yeah. Yep. Don't pay for the process. Pay for the results. Yeah. 
But on that note, it's going to be a great show. Uh, we have an attack vector that I think we all knew was possible, but potentially some evidence stating that it's actually been used or not. Uh, there's some conflicting reports on this particular one, but it's interesting nonetheless. Uh, otherwise known as a dental denial of, dis- of service uh, attack. <laughs> Uh, we've got NVIDIA reaching back into the archives and upgrading post-mortem a large number of graphics cards uh, yep. to support uh, a larger number of NVENC streams, something that people have been hacking together for years, but is now officially supported all the way back to Maxwell. Holy crap. And Microsoft not having a great week for a number of different reasons. Uh Obviously, there were the layoffs of Activision Blizzard, 1,900 employees after the acquisition, because we all know that after you spend $63 billion, the best way to treat your asset is to buy fire half of your staff. Um, But uh, a hacker has managed to crack BitLocker encryption in 43 seconds with a Raspberry Pi Pico. So, yeah, (laughs) we're going to talk about all that and more. But first... You said something about beer. Yes, I did. I enjoy it very much, and yes. I would like to have one right now. Uh, let's see. Uh, today I got, um, I don't know the percentage because I should have looked this up, but it is Parrish's, uh, there's ghosts, but this is their holy ghost. I'm going to assume this is probably pretty close to an Imperial IPA, and it's probably going to be hazy. I'll look up the stats in a bit. Nice. Um, so I've got two on the desk, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give this one up to a vote. Um, I can't remember if I if I've had this one before. So this is Monkless's Four Devils, uh, Belgian style golden ale, and I also have uh, Freem's Extra Pale. So chat, you have sixty seconds. Uh, sound off about which one I should open. Should I go IPA? Uh, should I go? Should I go Belgian Golden? Ooh, that is hoppy goodness. And then for beer number two, I already chose. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I did too. We don't so, we, we don't know what each other's are, but we both know they're uh, they're special. Yes. Uh, yeah. It, it's always a good show when uh, you you get on in the pre-show and and you're going. Uh, uh hey uh do you have anything good tonight and both of us go yes yeah okay i did not know this uh did not plan this this is an 11 percent uh, triple ipa <laughs> um so as oh adele well. <laughs> so as adele says you're rolling in the deep tonight <laughs> but it is really good <laughs> oh my gosh it looks, like, it looks like it looks like pineapple orange juice. juice. Yeah. Oh, it smells like hoppy pineapple juice. Wow. And it it takes it's 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 got a bit of that um, oh. the acid. Yeah. The first taste didn't have that, and that that second one. Yeah, that might ruin my palate. Actually, okay, I really so hope not. I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 16 to 4 in favor of the Belgian. Yeah. So, I was, 
So we, we are going from Monkless Brewing, Monkless Belgian Ales over in Bend, Oregon. Four Devils, Belgian-style golden ale, clocking in ale, ale, clocking in at 9%. So both, we're both having pretty big imperial beers. Yeah. And of course, best way to enjoy it is in a craft computing nucleated pint glass. I got mine. These are so much fun. Oh, it's sticky. I think this might have been the one that I hated. <laughs> I think so. That's, that could be why it's in the back of your fridge. It could be. You're like, I'll save that for like when John or Rhett or Steve come over. They can have that. I remember this one now. I, I, I very much remember this one now. Uh, this is... I don't think it went bad. I think this was a an experiment by Monkless Gone Bad. Uh, they say, devilishly smooth and light-bodied, 9% beauty. Four Devils is our classic Belgian that is dry and slightly fruity with a subtle earthy hop present. The bouquet is sweet with a mild spiciness intertwined with a pleasant pineapple character. Um, I'm remembering now. This smell took me right back to it. Um, they went full on Saison with this. Oh. With, with, with Belgian yeast. Or with Belgian, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeast and, and a Belgian multi. Uh, that yeast would, would, I mean, the malt and the. the... The hot profile would be far, but the yeast would give it a funkiness, and that's where there's the spice. Right, it, it's got a spice intertwined with no, you <laughs> no. ruined it. That's what you did. Um, yes, this I saw. I I saw someone advertising the same thing. I always say it was imperial uh, sour stout. I was like, no, you mean spoiled stout. You mean bad stout. You, you mean yeah, you infected your stout, and you're like, well, we can't yeah. do this, so now it's a sour. Right. There's almost no such thing as a sour stout. Um, even fruited stouts are very, very rare. Um, yeah. Because I, I've seen some stouts that have like banana or strawberry, and uh, and and those do okay. Uh, yeah, you'll you'll get like banana, strawberry, or like a raspberry, and that's probably all you're gonna get. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, most of the time, fruited or sour stout means infected. Please drink quickly so we don't have to write this off. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yep. Exactly. <laughs> it's so new, it doesn't even have a rating. Yeah. Yeah, because they're pushing it out as fast as they <laughs> can. Right. Trust me, if this thing turned out, they'd charge you twice as much for it. Mm -hmm. They're selling it at cost. It's not as bad as I remember. Uh, but I'm only taking real small sips because I'm I'm a little gun shy. Um, but no, that nose is totally saison wild yeast. Uh, you know, which is not my favorite beer anyway. Uh, but there's no pineapple in here. Uh, the bouquet is not sweet. It it is a champagne-y, uh, brute dry uh kind of kind of aroma to it um 
you don't get any of those Belgian esters. You don't get any banana or clove or, you know, allspice or anything like that. It it it's like a very thin saison golden ale. Speaking of pineapple, did you get to try that that new? Uh, I think it's called Tropic Force. The Voodoo uh, oh, Tropic Force. Uh, yeah, the Voodoo. Um, I haven't had the Tropic Force. I've had the oh. Juice Force. Yeah, Juice Force is good. Get the tr- yeah. Tropic Force. It's the yellow can one just dropped. Yeah, you yeah, want to yeah. talk about pineapple? <laughs> That's pineapple. It is. It is. Pi- it's tapache beer. The at nine and a half percent. The for those who don't know, Voodoo Ranger, um, they they've got these two different beers out. There's the Juice Force IPA, and then there's the mm-hmm. Tropic Force IPA. I think Steve had the Tropic Force just a couple of weeks ago when he was on the yeah, show. Yeah, there's 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 um, the, this is the third variant. There's the Juice yeah. Force, Fruit Force, Fruit, Fruit Force, Force is the yeah. ones. Fruit yeah. Force, yeah. Um. Anyway, the Juice Force IPA is literally like a flippin' mimosa. It oh, is. Yeah. Totally. It it is this bubbly, super sweet orange juice that is just delicious um, and cheap. Yeah, yeah. A couple but couple yeah. people chiming in. Uh, Travis says Tropic Force is even better than Juice Force. I'm loving it. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's it's. Uh, it, I I I could agree with that. I could see that point. Um, I. I don't like the fruit force, which is the blue can. That to me tasted like drinking like fruit cocktail out of a can. Yeah, it, it that's it's just like no or or not or um like punch Hawaiian punch. It, like, it, that was fruit punch. Yeah, yeah. I was like, it's, it, no, it doesn't taste good. Yeah. Uh, but the tropic one, that's pure pineapple juice. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> Couple people chiming in with some beer that they are consuming tonight. Uh, yes. Let's see, I thought I saw William chimed in up above. Yeah, William at the top. Uh, he's having Badger Hills Brewing Badger Snake Peanut Butter Stout. Cheers to that. Nice. Uh, and then we had a lot of nothing. Uh, Patrick's P400 gets an upgrade as well. Uh, P400 got an upgrade. We'll get into all the specifics about which NVIDIA cards. And it's, if it supported NVE and C, it got an upgrade, which is like, like mind blown kind of thing. Um, Let's see. It's, I got, uh, uh, Michael's got a new Belgium, uh, Cryo Ranger IPA, 7.8%. Uh, John Jay is uh, drinking a Christmas cookie rare fog by Abomination Brewing Company. Uh, it's an IPA triple New England style hazy rating of 4.1 out of 5. Uh, 763 uh, ratings. So I got off it. has got a cookie exchanged milk stout. He has that set aside. So I don't know if he's actually drinking that right now. Uh, Reverend starting off with a Hydra 5 for Mortellus. Uh, sour brewed ale with papaya, peach, pineapple, vanilla, and cream. 7%. 4.39 on Untapped. Yeah. Wow. I think this gets like a 4.4 for the uh, IPA. Yeah. But it's, I mean, I don't remember what I paid for this. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's ridiculous. I think I have a box coming in tomorrow. I, I think I spent like five hundred dollars on it. That's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> and it's only like 
10 beers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's all waxed it and it's been sitting for three months since Christmas. I was like, Oh, that's a, I want to get that one. Oh, oh there's mm-hmm. one more delay. Get that. Oh, and I, and I got one. Oh, Oh, I got one. I told C this and I, I had to push the, it back just for this. And you might even want to come. It yeah. was aged in rum barrels for four years. So it sat in the rum barrels for four years. It wasn't a four-year-old age barrel. The beer sat in it for four years. It's wow. a 17% uh, uh, barley wine. Let me know. <laughs> yeah. Let me know, in, in man. Rum, rum, yeah. In ru- oh, and it's freshly wet rum barrels. Yeah. Sat in it for four years. I was like, yes. Wow. I will got to buy that, and I will wait to ship out another two weeks later. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that one. That one's gonna be a fun one. That one I want to open up. Yeah, uh, Novella Little Willow Brewing Spare Time Double IPA, eight percent, four point three on Untapped. There's another super high rating. Uh, if you're not familiar with the Untapped rating system, it's it's a it's a one through five, um, uh, just like an Amazon review. Uh, you can give quarter ratings as an individual. Um, but here's the funny thing. Beers that are like God-tier beers uh, get like a 4.1. It's just the way it works. Almost nothing... Yeah. I think I might have rated a couple of beers a 4.5. And that's just the way everyone rates on there. Uh, and so, you know, you you have like super... Like Mother of All Storms 2020 edition or something like that. We'll get like a 4.24 on untapped yeah. that's a 50 dollar bottle and worth every freaking penny uh oh, yes. so if you get above that 4.1 4.2 it's good <laughs> yes oh, oh i know you you your average beer is a three five to three seven yeah uh, craft beer craft beer yeah uh you know that that's a good beer that's a a very well respectable score fours and up with a large number base behind it of how many people have voted on it. Yeah. That's that's impressive. Yeah. I uh, got a couple more bees knees starting off with an Elysian Space Dust in his craft computing nucleated pint glass. Nice. Uh, Michael, holy ghost, 11%. Uh, oh, he was quoting yours. Uh, he was letting you know what it was. Oh. Uh, yeah. Cool, cool. And I think we got one more. We got, or two more. I see two more, and then we'll we'll cut it off. Uh, Coffee and Cynicism, drinking a Fathead's Crumbleberry, 5.1%. Blueberry puree, Madagascar vanilla beans, honey, and crushed cinnamon sticks. That sounds interesting. That sounds delicious. That sounds really interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Harley's got a Toppling Goliath, Cage's Castle, double IPA. 7.8. I think someone's saying my camera's blurry. It's grabbing your microphone. Ah. I'll just scrunch that. There you go. There we go. Now you're looking sharp. All right. Someone called me Steve, and I was like, yeah, okay. (laughs) All right. So I don't dislike this beer. 
nearly as much as I disliked the first one that I had. Um, it's still not... It's still an experiment gone wrong. It is still not a good beer. It is still... Well, maybe the aging process, like, smoothed it out. It's only been in my fridge an extra couple of months. Like, I only had this, like, in November. Top profiles can go down within a couple of months, especially for an IPA. I mean, the shelf life is usually only about three it's months. Not an, it's a Belgian. It's not an IPA. Yeah, but it's hopped, so yeah. the hoppiness would have at least gone down a little bit, and so maybe that gives the it hops time weren't the to... problem. The hops were not yeah. the problem. <laughs> I'm trying to give it the benefit of the doubt. Here. Yeah, I'm just calling I, it I, what it is. <laughs> I, I like that brewery, so it's fine. I love Monkless. I've I've had so yeah. many good beers from there. This is a very rare miss for me. Um, and again, you know we've talked about your your method of rating versus like Steve and I tend to agree on the ratings. If yeah. what you say on the can doesn't appear in the can, I'm rating you down automatically. You yeah. said a smooth, light-bodied, 9% Belgian golden ale beauty. What I got is a quasi-saison with a super dry finish and no pineapple. <laughs> uh, so... <laughs> Oh. Huh. Every word you just said was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Anyway, uh, let's go ahead and jump into the news. Uh, and I think we'll start with NVIDIA since there seems to be uh, a lot of people interested in that. And this this was one that certainly caught me off guard. Uh so this was actually published sometime, I believe, last Thursday, uh, last Wednesday or Thursday, right after the release of this fantastic little beauty, which mine finally showed up. Uh, <laughs> I was supposed to have a release day review, and then mine got stuck in Los Angeles for six days. Uh, uh, so, yeah. So now you got to come up with a different video? So now... Uh, I was already thinking about doing something different. This just gives me more time to do it. Um, I, I had teased during my last uh, video uh, about the, the 4070 Super. Um, what is a bottleneck? Where does it exist? And should we care? Uh, so how far can you upgrade an older system? Um, what bottlenecks exist from PCI 3 to PCI 4? Uh, and then I'm going to take a look at a couple different... Um, CPU types as well. So we'll go, you know, mid-range i5, we'll go top-end i9, you know, like a 13400 versus a 13900K, for say. Uh, mm -hmm. We'll do, uh, I think I might do my Tiger Lake Eerying board as like a sub-100 watt. Um, uh, I'm also going to throw at it uh, my Threadripper 7980X, uh, 64 cores of, of Zen 4, but known to be slower than AMD's, you know, 7800X3D or, or even, you know, CPUs like that. Um, and what was the last wild card? Oh, the last wild card. That's the whole reason I started this video. Uh, the last wild card was I got a brand new inbox EVGA X99 for the Win motherboard. Uh, oh. And I have a 5960X 8-core uh, processor for it. Uh, so, 
if you built a system in like 2017 uh, and you, you I, I need eight cores, enthusiast desktop, what's your top end? What, what can you upgrade to? And would it make sense to buy yeah. a brand new graphics card or is there, you know, is there something else along yeah. the way? So it's yeah. going to be a very involved set of testing. Um, I'm not going for full lab results. I'm not going for full, you know, white white glove, you know, um, eliminating every variable. But I want to give just like some context of like the last seven years of gaming, the last seven years of graphics cards, the last seven years of CPUs. If you slap a 4080 Super into it, what's it going to do? So that, that's kind <laughs> of the premise. Is it actually going to improve it? Do you want to do that? Right. Or could you spend your money somewhere else and even maybe save a few bucks? Right. So, um, all things being equal, uh, tested against another graphics card, it would be the same performance difference or same percentage difference between uh, multiple generations. It's just if you were being CPU limited, you'd have lower overall scores. Uh, but what does that actually look like? And should we care? I'm, I'm going to test a 13900K against a 7980X. Or, or I got a great video idea is you give it to someone and like you test it on what would happen if I gave this card to a beer review channel mm-hmm. and would his videos improve? Would he be able to edit it faster or not? Who knows? Let's find out. I'm going to give it to him and uh, uh, we'll find out. That's I like that one too. Sounds like fun. I think that's a really clickable video. Hey, John, how's the uh, last free computer that I gave you doing? It, it's, uh, I don't know. It, it's, <laughs> technically, no one's ever seen it. So there's no proof of it out there. It's true. There is no proof that it exists. <laughs> uh, I owe Rhett a new one as well. Uh, maybe, maybe I'll take the one that I built you him and I'll mine. give you that one. <laughs> How about you give him mine and I get the new one? Who boy. Um, is he on <laughs> X70? I think he's on X79 still. He has a dual CPU system. It's wild. It's a wild little system ah, that I gave him. Well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, need, I need to upgrade. Uh... Sounds like John needs an A5000. Uh, not at the current eBay prices, he doesn't. <laughs> Do you know how much no, that I... card is worth? Now, I I I might I might spend the money for like my birthday to get like a nice computer or set up. And there's the video right there <laughs> that you could do. Yeah, upgrading hops and brews to uh, whatever the Something. latest and greatest is. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And no. What, I, I... <laughs> what can these three beers get me? That's the video. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, no, are they out of that $500 box? Because we can uh, talk. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. That's the problem is, so I was talking to Steve and my wife was complaining that I bought this box. She's like, I don't care that you bought that much, but you don't drink them. And I was like, well, I want to, you know, I'm saving them for special occasions, but I bought so many for special occasions, it's overloaded my fridge. And so I was like, you know, I could literally do a video of like, what does a $150 beer taste like? What does a $100 beer taste like? What does a $90 beer taste like? Yeah. Can I tell the difference? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I did a sponsored video for Yian maybe a year and a half ago, almost two years ago, um, about a pre-built gaming PC. And I went, how do I, as a reviewer, uh, 
you know, review and give honest opinions on, on this, but also make it a promotion and make it obvious that Yian sponsored this video. Um, I went out and bought a $100 bottle of Anchorage, and uh, and I drank that during the video. I remember, yes, I yeah. remember that. Yeah, so thank you, Yian, for the beer. Now let's take a look at your PC. <laughs> I thought that was a great <laughs> yes. premise. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, no, so that beer, I have... A even more special variant of it yeah and and the 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 rum barrel aged is that beer oh is it yes oh my god so imagine that but aged four years in rum <laughs> that yeah, was legitimately just... one of the best beers i've ever had in my life uh and i oh, drank I... all 12 ounces by myself <laughs> Oh, I, I, I believe you. I've had, I've had two variants of it, and they were delicious. And I think I have, after this box, we'll have almost close to ten variants of it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I should do a Mr. Beast, a one dollar beer versus a hundred thousand dollars beer. Uh, Novella Hub says, "Where do I get free computers?" LOL. <laughs> normally I would criticize someone of like, well, maybe hook me up with beer every once in a while, but Novella, you hook me up with beer every once in a while. Um, yeah. yeah. No, what? You know, I looked into, um, by the way, we will get to the NVENC thing momentarily. Um, oh, yeah. I looked, I looked into um, uh, potentially trying to give back to my community a little bit. Uh, of, hey, why don't you join the Patreon and I'll do a monthly raffle, uh, either a buy-in or, or something like that. Uh, I cannot host a raffle in the state of Oregon if I'm going to make more than $1,000 a year if I'm not a uh, 503C nonprofit. You can only do a raffle in this hosted in the state of Oregon if you are a nonprofit, if you plan to make over $1,000. I literally can't give things away. I can. So hops and brews could give it away. You could give it to me and then I could give it away. <laughs> no, because you would be facilitating the giveaway. Uh, I could buy it off of you for $1. You could, but then how would you give it away? Uh, I am not making any money and I would just be giving it as a gift because I purchased the item. And so, therefore, I could give the item away. No. <laughs> <laughs> or, or you could do a raffle. John, John you're dis dollar. you're discussing a tax fraud, and I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, or you could do a raffle for one dollar. You could make a second company that is a separate five hundred three C. I could I considered doing that. Um, in fact, um, I I kind of wanted to start a nonprofit. Um, and uh, start doing like, you know, yearly streams and, and, and charity streams and things like that. Uh, you know, I know uh, uh, Paul and Kyle do their annual hospital run every November. Uh, uh, Joel Telling does his uh, Seattle Children's Hospital. Uh, he does uh, a, a fundraiser for them once a year. Uh, I've considered doing something like that and, and starting a nonprofit and that kind of thing. Um, Seem like a bad time to look into it with all the things that are going on with the completionist uh, <laughs> right now, uh, and and his uh, his doing a charity fraud uh, thing. 
to be clear, it's not dissuading me from from making that decision, but it was just kind of funny. Like literally the month before, I was like, "What would this take to like start something up, and then maybe later on this year, um, try to hook up with an organization and run a charity and raise money for them and things like that?" And then all the Carl Jobs and and, and uh, Muda uh, videos dropped on the completionist and his $600,000 plus charity fraud. And that's just the crap that they reported on paper, not the stuff that's lost to the ether. Um, and I went, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so just YOLO. What's the IRS going to do? Come after you? Uh, yes. <laughs> it's in fact what they would do. Um, raffle a coupon to get 99.9% .9 off the item. You're still raffling a, whether it has no cash value or not, you're still raffling an item. And if your revenue exceeds a thousand dollars, you can't do that. My revenue does not exceed a thousand dollars. Your raffle revenue. Mine would. Oh, well, you're raffling a coupon. The coupon does not, is not worth anything. That's not the way that works. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we have an article to get to. Yes. Unless we want to keep talking about tax evasion and fraud. <laughs> yeah. Let's just get all my ideas out there now. So yeah. <laughs> implement the chat. <laughs> anyway, uh, NVIDIA, when they launched the 4080 Super, they launched a new game-ready driver and uh, as well as making tweaks to their server drivers and, and, and things like that. Um, and in it was a very, very hush-hush thing. Uh, this driver, unlike some of the more recent ones, had updates dating back uh, into GPU's past. Uh, this had changes that were affecting all the way back to Maxwell. That is 2012. Uh, so 14 years worth of GPUs. Why would NVIDIA do that? Well, as we've already said, they have tweaked and changed the number of NVENC streams that are allowed by not only enterprise GPUs, but consumer GPUs too. One very popular thing to do in home labs is to take an old NVIDIA Quadro. Uh, for years when I started doing this, the, the K620 was the darling because it had an NVIDIA ENC encoder. It was fully unlocked, so you could encode as many H.264 1080p streams as, as the card could handle, which as it turns out was like 8, 10, 12 uh, streams if you're doing on Plex, depending on the bitrate, uh, or do a number of like security camera feeds. Um, you know, if you're doing a blue iris or, 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 you know, similar NVR like that. Uh, and while NVIDIA consumer cards are totally capable, uh, literally having the same NVENC hardware as their enterprise cards, they were often limited to two streams per NVENC encoder. And most NVIDIA cards outside of the flagships only included one NVENC encoder. So a card like a GTX 660 or, or GTX 650, uh, you would only be able to stream two NVENC encodes. Uh, for years, there have been workarounds for getting by that limit of like injecting the Quadro 
uh, instruction set into consumer cards and bypassing that NVENC limit, making it unlimited. Uh, and like I said, because it's the same hardware and the driver doesn't know any different. Uh, well, back in 2020, NVIDIA increased that to three streams across every card and they released, they did an update. Now, that was also very quiet. Uh, that was also during the uh, everyone needs to work from home. And so all of a sudden there was a huge demand for video encoding, you know, live streaming, etc. cetera. Uh, this one though came as a bit of a shock because every single GPU on this <laughs> list, every single one now has eight NVENC streams enabled per NVENC decoder. That means if you have a GTX 1070 or 1080, which have two decoders, that's 16 streams. Uh, the only one that I could find that didn't get updated to eight was the GTX 1630. It has three. Every other card that supports NVENC can now do eight streams. Every last one of them. Now, there's different NVENC hardware. Uh, Maxwell is, or, uh, sorry, I, I keep saying Maxwell. Kepler. It goes all the way back to Kepler, 6th gen. Uh, uh, all the way back to, to GTX 600 series, Kepler cards. Um, Does it? Oh, I yes. thought it was Maxwell. I thought it was Maxwell. I thought it was Kepler. No, GTX 745, 830M. Um, oh, no, it is Maxwell. Okay. Okay. Maxwell right. cards. Maxwell. So 2014, excuse me. Still, I mean, yeah. <laughs> 10 years back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is this Windows or Linux for NVENC? Both. Both received the update as of the most recent driver version. I have a GT1030. Does that count? No. No. The GT1030 does not have NVENC hardware. Uh, neither does uh, the MX150 uh, or the MX350. But just about every other card on this list does. Uh, so if you have a GTX 750, which is second generation Maxwell, uh, guess what? Eight NVENC streams at 1080p H.264. Uh, now, some of these cards on the list, these are all the different NVENC hardware variants over here. Uh, you can see a lot of the early ones, the first generation Maxwell, they only support H.264 AVCHD. Um they did upgrade it all the way to lossless 4K, though. So as long as you have the right codec, um, uh, you can encode all the way up to 4K, even on these older cards. Uh, uh, once you get into Pascal, we get into H.265, uh, 10-bit, etc. Once you get into Turing, which is what we consider the new NVENC encoder, uh, that will also do... Uh, uh, quite a bit higher end bitrate support. It has a lot more power behind it and it's a much more efficient uh, encoder. Uh, and then obviously the brand new 4000 series cards also got the update. Uh, they released with five NVENC streams unlocked. They will now all do eight NVENC streams and they will do AV1. Now 
So yeah, if you want 10-bit, you need uh, Pascal or higher. Uh, those are the only ones that do 10-bit support. Um, and the Turing is what does HEVC uh, B-frame, uh, so B-frame encoding. Yeah, I mean, I, if I remember correctly, it, it's basically, it'll hit all of those cards, but to get the maximum potential, I think you have to have like the 20 series or up um, to, to unlock all eight and have it at its full, full potential. But it still unlocks it, a, a lot of stuff that's performance-wise. Yeah. Basically, it's going to max the performance of all of these cards. Yes, um, yeah, the you, cards can actually get... can actually do what the hardware is capable of now. Yeah, that's that basically unlocked it. <laughs> yeah. So no, very cool news, uh, especially in the home lab community. I mean, uh, finding cards that would do NVENC and do it well. Uh, there were people that, you know, um, uh, gosh. Who just chimed off? Uh, ba, 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 ba. Recently got a Quadro M2000. There's a pe couple of people saying uh, uh, they just picked up a Quadro P400. Um, uh, quad, uh, uh, Tesla P4 is another popular choice uh, if you can uh, strap a fan to it uh, for you know getting enough NVE and C streams up and running. Uh, I, I also run a, a P400 or did for a number of years uh, in my servers uh, for doing NVE and C. So. Uh, what's the use case for, uh, what is the use case? Simultaneous multi-camera streaming. Uh, usually it's home media encoding. So if you have a Plex or an MB or a Jellyfin server, uh, you can transcode your content on the fly. So you can hold the uncompressed raw or, you know, your raw DVD content on there, which is four and a half gigs. You can hold raw Blu-rays, which are 25 or 50 gigs each. Uh, then you can compress it down on the fly and stream it to an HTPC or a set-top box or something like that at a bitrate that it can accept and in a codec that it can play natively because those devices can't play DVD VOBs natively. Uh, so it gives you the option to be able to translate and transcode into a native codec on the fly for whatever your streaming device is. Uh, for security cameras, it's the recording side of things. It's the taking in an H.264 stream at, a, at whatever bitrate and then encoding it at a bitrate that your computer can easily chew back through um, uh, without using a lot of CPU cycles because CPU encoding is very power intensive. Uh, why throw an i7 at something and use, you know, 200 watts of power when literally 10 watts on a GPU will do the same thing? Yeah, uh, it, it will also help, though, just what he did ask. It will help with, like, streaming multi-track video, uh, like Twitch announced that they're going to be doing something like that. So, yes, it, it will also help with that as well. Mm -hmm. But what Jeff is referring to is probably the broader audience. Um you know, for the home lab, for the average user, I don't think the this is going to affect too many streamers because most of them probably already have a pretty New high hardware. intense graphic yeah. card. Yeah. So, um, you know, yeah. But if you do, hey, great for you. So, uh, you, you got, you're maxing out that performance. Yep. All right. Uh, Microsoft not having a great week. And uh, this one, I think, kind of solidifies 
like, let's just make sure every department has a bad week. Uh, BitLocker encryption has been, uh, can be broken in under 43 seconds on a client device with a Raspberry Pi Pico TPM sniffer. Uh, this is made by Stack Smashing. Uh, it's an open source device. You can build one yourself or you can buy one for less than $10. Uh, it is a TPM attached device. So you plug this into the TPM port on a laptop, on a, uh, on a desktop. And what it will do is spit out the encryption keys that keeps all the files and whatnot encrypted when they are on that uh, particular system. Uh, I will say, as a tech who has replaced many a laptop drive, uh, being able to just brute force an encryption key to be able to rescue said laptop drive, very thankful for it. <laughs> uh, even even the, the white hat among me is, is very, very thrilled about this news. Um, not great news if you're Microsoft and BitLocker nope. is kind of one of your selling features of keeping Windows secure yeah. Yeah. on the fly, on the go. Uh, yeah, just just so if people don't know what, what, what this can do is like if you throw away your laptop, you donate it, you don't properly get rid of stuff. Um, or even if you just took it to a repair shop, uh, they can steal everything now with this uh mm -hmm. method if they wanted to um to where you're thinking oh okay they got this bit locker thing in windows and, you know the mom and pop thinking gets sold on this device from some best buy agent oh if you lose this it's fine blah blah, blah. no it, it's not as hard as this guy uh if you watch the video which i did it was actually it's a uh, kind of pretty ingenious actually the way he did it he's like actually it's pretty simple dot 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 uh, you know he hooked up and he's like oh these there's these five waves and that's sending code through here hey look the pico can do this exact same thing i soldered this together oh now i have it <laughs> it wasn't that hard yeah. um now the don't be afraid this is not something someone's going to hack in via the web he has to have physical access to the device right. um but uh, yeah, so if you did need to, like Jeff was saying, transport, if you were part of, like, say, the IT team in your company and you had to upgrade the system uh, from a new hard drive, this would help a lot mm -hmm. to upgrade some information to give new life into something. So, yes. you know, like a lot of people end up buying like a 250 gig NVMe or SSD and you're like, look, I'm going to upgrade this because you're already maxing 250 gigs out uh that's all the time that's a lot of companies do that for the budgeting aspect um one terabyte stuff is so cheap now because i just bought five of them <laughs> that's what i'm doing <laughs> not laptops and only stuff. five because yeah. five uh, this week it's i've bought more week. than i've bought more than that for a personal stash in a single go <laughs> well it was just this week so. uh as zachary points out uh, this only works on TPMs that are connected via LPC. Uh, and so it's only uh, devices that have their LPC uh, exposed are the ones that are vulnerable. Uh, if this is a built-in TPM, it's less so. 
although I will not say exclusively so, uh, so long as even a pin is exposed uh, that you could potentially solder a lead to, but it does defeat the the whole plug-and-play aspect of it. Um, I, I do believe, though, most of these, most, a lot of laptops and computers have an LPC, and, and, and they're accessible on the board that you can find. It's not too common, from my understanding, mm-hmm. at least anyways, that it's not unreachable. So it's, yes, he is correct, but it's more likely that it's vulnerable yep. in this aspect. Uh, it, also, the fact that the algorithm exists to defeat TPM is concerning enough. Uh, so, yeah, the attack is only effective as if the TPM is outside the CPU. Right, right. It has to be an external module. Um, yeah, if the TPM is built into the CPU, the attack is nullified. This is correct. Uh, you have to see the back and forth transport of of the TPM signal between the CPU and, and the TPM itself uh, to have access to sniff that traffic. Uh, but the fact, again, the fact that we can defeat the TPM by a simple sniff attack is is kind of uh <laughs> damn he beat me to it <laughs> thank you for the super chat uh yeah he's coming soon thank you um so yeah the thing is if this is defeated by by sniffing it really only is a matter of time before we figure out how to do that in software uh mm-hmm. so the fact that this exists means a a wider break is coming. This is just the first. Uh, let's see. Matlock says, what are your thoughts about Intel and AMD adding AI chips to their APUs as Apple Macs have already done? Uh, you're talking about the NPU or the neural processing unit. Uh, number one, it's overblown. Uh, the NPU is a parallelized processor or a parallelized set of instructions, very similar to a graphics card that runs slower than graphics cards. So the GPU section of the APUs inside of these chips is still faster at uh, AI acceleration. Uh, The NPUs are not large enough to do large projects but they are more efficient than the CPU or the GPU tackling these instruction sets. And the CPU is still faster, although more in a brute forcey way. Um, in the end, we're talking about running specific instructions. And the NPU is optimized for a certain set of instructions inherent to large language models, image generation, the tasks that we call AI today. I am kind of starting to I've been thinking about a video concept for a while. I want to call every PR person for every company that I work with and I want to say explain to me how I will be using AI locally on my PC in the next two years. Whether it's your company's version of it or whether it's a global vision or whether it's whatever what will it actually be doing on my PC? Is this all speculative? Because right now it feels pretty darn speculative. 
which means we're throwing a whole lot of hardware and a whole lot of development at something that will probably exist in the cloud anyway as the only way to utilize it. Because why would we not want cloud-connected things to sniff data from and and build ad profiles on rather than running it on local hardware at an nth percentile of the speed? And they will say, home lab people. <laughs> right. It's only for your own personal server and you want to keep all your stuff protected. Yeah. That's all. There, so that's, so that's, is- that's my question to the industry as a whole is um, what is it actually going to do for me locally on my box? We understand LLMs and ChatGPT and, and things like that and, and how those are potentially extraordinarily powerful development uh, uh, writing questionable, queryable tools uh, that you could add into a workflow. And I know a number of people who do add it into even a creative workflow like this. Um, At the local level, what is it actually going to do? Why are we putting that hardware at the local level? When it's 0.001% of the actual compute power that you need to run a large language model or to run image generation or anything like that. What's it going to do? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, Closest is Microsoft it, Copilot. Copilot is still going to run in the cloud. Yeah. I mean, I wonder if this is going more toward like the smart home and if they're thinking about that, of like say with Apple, they integrate all of their stuff. So you do this and then this AI will learn your habits within your house with mm-hmm. your devices. And then therefore it could learn personally for you. But like you said, but it but it doesn't do anything else. And it's so much more, takes up so much power and processing performance. I don't know. It, it's a gimmick, but someone's got to start i don't know it's very similar to you have to sell the latest and hottest greatest thing maybe maybe you might get a bite and then it it develops into something else and you could be the one company that gets the the head up uh, above the game more likely it's going to sink um you know to me like it's like google glass and the augmented realities and stuff even VR, I think, has its place, but as how they were toting VR, you know, <clears throat> uh, seven, eight years ago, it's not quite as it is now. Um, there's still a place for it with a lot of, like, gaming people, but, you know, mm-hmm. there was, like, graphic artists are going to be integrating it. Um, uh, surgeons are going to be using it all the time. It's like, that's very specific and very special. It's not going to be this everyday item. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's it's similar to that to where I think they're just trying to throw something out there, a wide net. Did, did you hit anything? Did you grab anything? Nope. Oh, well, you know, we just wasted a couple billion dollars. Yeah. Um, and then and then consumers, some consumers bought it up and some didn't. Yeah. And that'll, um, that'll be the thing. 
there's there's a couple people who who chime in. Uh, Jordan says uh, uh, Lenovo touted a hyper optimized local LLM assistant that only runs locally. I did see that, and there's a couple others uh, that have done that as well. I mean, local GPT is, is a service that you can run. It still requires something like an A2000 level of acceleration, though. You still need you know at least six gigs of VRAM and and enough CUDA processing to chew through all that. You're not going to do that on an NPU. You're not going to do that at something that's literally 1% of the actual horsepower of NVIDIA's worst AI card. So, yeah. What are we actually going to use this hardware for? Uh, even Intel and, and AMD both. Uh, I, I, I attended both launch events for uh, Sapphire Rapids and AMD's uh, MI300. Um, sorry, Emerald Rapids. Did I say Sapphire? Emerald Rapids. Um, the tests that came out of there showing NPU utilization, it wasn't all that impressive. Like, <laughs> we're putting NPUs in everything. Cool. They're 20% as fast as the GPUs. Okay, why? Well, they're 30% more efficient than the CPUs. Okay, well then just run it on the CPU. But that would cost more battery. Okay, but what are we actually doing with this? Well, we loaded it up with, uh... A 73, you know, billion, uh, you know, inference LLM. No one's going to run that on a laptop. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> like, it was that kind of back and forth. It felt like media and and people who actually live in this space versus why are you putting this in here? I don't know. And I'd love to find out. Well, now, what if... What if? and this is quickly spitballing what if it was able to keep your information private but still grab outside resources so then that way your information was never put into its algorithm the mass algorithm if you wanted to keep it private so therefore it technically had a connection to the cloud-based version Mm -hmm. but then you never wanted to keep add to it and have that you know you wanted a, a very secure lock version and so you wanted to, all the information you pumped into this AI would not be outsourced to everyone else into into their server, but it had the resources to grab the information that was free, you know, internet based, cloud based. Um, so, actually, my thought was, what what if they did like medical things? I wonder it theoretically, theoretically, in ten, fifteen years. Stuff like AI is is a relatively cool tool. We've talked about AI being a tool. It is a tool. Um, But it could do stuff like better than the WebMD. Um, You you could ask it medical advice. You could ask it for photo editing for family photos, but then not upload those photos to a cloud server and have your kids pictured all over somewhere. You know, Um, I don't know. That's an idea. That could be the way it goes. I doubt it, but it could be. So, how's your beer treating you? Uh, I just finished it. A lot better than it started out with. Actually, no acid burn. Couple sips, and I thought it was going to do that. And um, no, not so much. Uh, very hoppy. It tasted like a imperial hazy wet hop beer 
Ooh. Uh, very nice. delicious. Nice. Very delicious. Juicy all the way through. So, um, yeah, very good. <laughs> I am I am ready to open my next. Skull gets up for one minute, and we're talking about stripper names as product names in the chat. Oh. <laughs> Why Why is every uh, new technology named after a stripper? And I went, well, there's Sapphire, there's Emerald, there's Phoenix. There's... God damn! <laughs> <laughs> well, now you know where all... Comet, the... Meteor. <laughs> all, all of the people, all the business meetings were held at. It's like, yeah. oh, I'm going to name this next graphics card after you, baby. <laughs> You're going to live forever. I remember when we named it after, you know, cities and, and places in Oregon. It was it was Tillamook and Tualatin and <laughs> Nehalem. Yeah. I've been to Nehalem. <laughs> no one knows where Nehalem's at, but it's one of my favorite architectures. X fifty eight. Nehalem, baby. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh what do you think? Most per capita is in in Oregon, Jeff. It ain't breweries. It's not breweries. <laughs> uh, Washington missed it by this much too. It was Seattle yeah. for the longest time. <laughs> yeah, where's the candy? Candy. <laughs> candy. Oh, candy. Oh, okay. Yeah, candy. I was like, oh, it's funny because we have a town named Canby. So I was like, oh, that could have been either one. Uh, Uber says, I just finished my stout, but I started it at 5 p.m. Uh, How long does it take you to drink a beer? Where are you at? I mean, if you're at work, I understand that. Yeah. Oh, oh, Uber Sprite. Uh, yeah. Uber Sprite is actually a friend. Uh, he is the one that sent Jeff and I, or uh, Steve and I, sorry, uh, that box. He is currently doing the beer diet, actually. Oh, nice. So uh, he is on day seven. So he tried it last year and made it to, I think he said like day three or four and gave up. Oh, John. And I'm dead. It's charging. Did I not give you the the dummy battery adapter for that camera? No. So, John... Did I not check the... It's plugged in. Yeah. Um, is it? Is it in your Jeff's garage sale? It is. Or craft computer. Oh, well, the camera. That's the one that overheats, though. No. Isn't it? No. No, not well, with I... the the flippy screen. So. Oh yeah. The... Okay. Yeah. No. Uh, no, this the one's great. Sony. It. I was looking to upgrade, but it, I think it was the one above that one because it does 4K in like 120 frames uh, per second. Which one are you looking at? Uh, the, so it's, even even mine, I have the A7 IV. That's my primary camera. Yeah. That's the one over that way. Um, that one still does 4K 30. Um, this is the A7 III. It also does 4K 30. Um, the Alpha 7. Right, the a, a, A7, but which version? So that are you looking at the 3S? Oh, are you looking at... I think it was the 4. Yeah, I have the A7 IV. It oh, only does 4K 30. Six cameras... Uh, the, a, the A7 IV will do uh, 1080 at 120 
in burst mode. Yeah. And so I can do like 30 seconds of 1080 uh, at 120. You know, I, I can do uh, 1080 at 120. Uh, 4K60. I know there was one, uh, but it was roughly like, you know, two to three thousand dollars. So like, right. I'm not gonna do that. Everything else, I yeah, I don't need it. Let's see. There's the Zcam E. I like this one because it takes USB C power in. Yes. That's a A7S3. A7S3. S3. Okay. So, uh, that is that is basically the A7 IV. It's the same sensor as the A7 IV. That one will do burst rate at 4K 120. It's like nine seconds or something like that. Um, is what you can actually record for. Um, there is a, a super slow mo mode on it. Yeah. Um, it's basically, but the thing is, though, like for me, it's like, do I need it? My camera does everything I need. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, it would be nice, but I don't really need it. I don't even have the time to do half the shots I want to do, anyways. You know, um, I do miss having. Um, so I, I went with the a7 IV because I started doing a lot more. I had a lot more need for autofocus and uh, I sold my Zcam E2. My Zcam E2 shot 180 frames per second at 4K until the battery died. Yeah. It was such a cool camera. I love that camera. Um, it was only micro four thirds and, and it needed a lot of light. Um, but I had prime lenses at a, at a TF or a T1.4. So I, I had perfect setup for using all that kind of stuff. Um, and man, I got some killer slow-mo shots with that thing. Um, it was also two grand for the body only. It was like $3,800 to actually make yeah. the camera work. Uh, and I sold the Z cam and I bought two Sony full frames plus lenses <laughs> for what I sold the camera for. Um, simply because it's like, what's more important to me? Autofocus, so I'm in focus? Or that once every seven or eight months, 120 FPS shot that is just money? Yeah. I kind of want I both, <laughs> to be honest. I, I know, I know. And, and, and that's when I'm like, oh man, if I only had that, I could do these killer B-roll shots and I could do really cool lighting stuff and have this beautiful dark background lighting aspect b-roll the splash you know uh what i will say a benefit a benefit of the of the a7s3 the one that you're looking at and the a7 IV uh over a lot of other sony cameras is the dual native iso so a lot of sony cameras will have a native iso either at 800 or 2000 uh and that's your exposure rate of your sensor that is the native cleanest uh, image you're going to get off your sensor. Uh, the a7 IV has a dual native ISO. It is at 2500, which is higher than the other cameras already. And 12,800 is the second native ISO, where all the noise goes away. I can shoot with a 10-watt light bulb on the other side of the room, and it's properly exposed. It's freaking magic. <laughs> I can see in the dark. Yeah, no, it's... Well, that's that's what I was because when you get that, you can get the really dark backgrounds in a little bit of light. Yeah, goes a long, long way, yeah. and that's that's the thing is, 
I'm just, it's not that I like my beer rolls horrible or anything compared to a, for a beer channel. It's perfectly acceptable and probably one of I the better ones. I think you do a great job. The B rolls of it. And, but it's like, and at the same time, I get like an hour to, to shoot a video. <laughs> so I was like, all right, I got to get a formula down. Yeah. But then I'm like, I'm stuck in the same formula. How do I get this, another one? But within the same time frame, and well, you hire someone. I know. Oh, yeah, I got the budget for that. <laughs> right. <laughs> I know. Uh, I am I am currently thinking, it's like, oh, I need to reformat my standard structure of shooting. And actually, funny thing, I've been going through older videos. I'm like, that was a creative shot. That was a creative shot, mm -hmm. you know, of, of I didn't know what I was doing, but I was just experimenting. And I was like, oh, that's a, I could probably easily recreate that with minimal effort. <laughs> And um, right now I'm actually just still playing catch up with I have four or five videos that I need to edit that are old. And I'm just like, all right, I have content I got to put out and I don't need to. So I can spend that time doing other things and still playing catch up with work. And that's been busy. So just enough to where like I can I can put out a video hopefully once a week. Maybe mine will be I got another one. I know there are three videos that are old. I mentioned in my last video drinking Arizona iced tea, hard iced tea. And then I was like, oh, I didn't even release that video yet. And so <laughs> I was like, oh, man, now I got to edit the Arizona iced tea video, which is great hard iced tea, by the way. If you're looking for the closest example to what the 99 cent iced tea from the gas station tasted like, but mm -hmm. you're like, yeah, but if it was 5% alcohol, it makes it that much better. Yeah. Arizona iced tea is the best. Ooh. Out of out of all the hard iced teas I've tried, Arizona's probably the best. That that tracks with yeah. with my experience with Arizona iced tea anyway. So yeah, no, I was I was pleasantly surprised of all three of the offerings they had. The only downside is they only sell it in the twenty ounce cans, and so you're like, eh, it's not horrible, but it's not ninety nine cents. Right, and so that's the problem. And it's like, what is it? Only four, five... three, four bucks. Uh, it's it's like three bucks, three fifty a can. Yeah, honestly, eh. at at five percent, you're not doing as well as like a a Hop Valley Cryo Hop Cryo Stash. You're not doing as well as a Juice Force. You're not doing as well as a uh, you know, a Sierra Nevada. Uh, you know, torpedo or or something like that, which you can also get for like three bucks. But for a twenty ounce hard iced tea, three bucks is pretty solid. Yeah, no, and that's the thing is, it it the sweetness of it, it doesn't taste artificial sweetener. It tastes as sweet and flavorful as the original. Grab my second beer. Okay, yeah, th that's the thing. So my biggest problem with the sodas and the sweeteners tea stuff has always been the sweetener and they use the either zero sugar so it has a splenda stevia kind of diety soda flavor to it um some of the other teas are just overly sweet because they don't want you to taste the alcohol i just did the voodoo ranger teas and they are higher percentage so they're seven to eight percent and they are sweeter um that so is like that is a recurring theme with a lot of the 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 low end malt liquor e 
you know, infusions. You know, that, that was the problem with the Jack Daniels cola. That was the problem with, uh, I mean, you could argue that's the problem with a lot of the White Claws, uh, that they mask terrible ingredients with, we'll just make it a little bit sweeter. And uh, and people will will go, oh, that's good enough, and then drink it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the the one the one aspect I do like now, I I didn't know this when I shot the uh, Voodoo Ranger one, is they came out with a brand new variety pack, and they forced you to buy the twenty ounces, but they came out with twelve ounces and uh, two extra flavors. And I was like, okay, this is better because I would rather just have. 12 ounces of this mm-hmm. instead of 20 ounces and the price point is still like 12 bucks for a 12 pack so then you're like okay it's a dollar now for each one of these individual things that's a decent price i can justify buying this and wanting a non-carbonated beverage that's uh, oh okay you got yours all right what what do you got i can't see it i know can you hear it no Oh, gosh. All right. What year is that? 2021. Uh, all right. Hang on. <laughs> so John uh, gets on to our Zoom call uh, and goes, uh, hey, do you have anything good tonight? And I went, in fact, I do. I, I went ahead and <laughs> uh, brought up from, from the garage one of, uh, one of my three-year-aged at this point uh, Bourbon County Stouts. Um, I still do have, uh, probably not quite as old as, as some of yours, but I still do have a 2017. I still have a 2020 oatmeal cookie. Um, oh, okay. I, I've got a couple like that. Um, this is my last standard 2021. Oh, so I think I got one of those left. Yeah. But, uh, I, I think that'll hold up just fine. I think it will too. I, I I think this actually might be the right time. Um, 2020 was decadent. 2021 yeah. came out and I went, this feels young. This feels a little young. This feels like not quite, it's not mellow enough. Um, and I've had some, I think it's been a year since I opened one of these. Uh, and uh, And I went, that definitely helped. Uh, so I'm hoping at this point, three years in the bottle, that's the right time. All right, I'm I'm looking mine up currently. Just oh, ew. that's not a good rating. Really? Mine, mine, mine gets sub four. Are we talking like three nine three? What are we talking? Three eight. Okay. Now I'm okay. even more intrigued, actually. It is. Okay. Am I out of touch? Cool. No, it's untapped that's wrong. <laughs> Hang on. I, 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 dark. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Untapped says it's a barley wine. The label says it's something else. Um, but it is. Ooh, uh, I already know what this is. <laughs> Firestorm Walkers, Dark and Stormy 2018. Uh, that says blended ale with ginger and lime rum barrel aged. So I don't know. 
I don't, yep. but it only gets a three eight on untapped, eleven point one percent. Yeah. Uh, so this one is this one of the fourteens? Yes, fourteen zero. Got to use one of the uh, craftcomputing.store wood handle oh, bottle. This it, isn't it, a. I think I got a a non-etched one. What the heck? How did you end up I with think, that? I think you put it in the box and you forgot to do it. Oh, that's I might I must have grabbed the wrong one. I I have a hops and brews one like right around here. Hold on. That's probably the only one. I've sold a couple. Uh, in fact, I need to okay. get you your quarterly payment. So. Oh, there we go. It's been mostly pint glasses. And, and speaking of, oh, very nice. Ooh, see, I'm pretty sure whatever whatever Untapped has is wrong, because this smells delicious. Look at that. That's a beautiful looking glass. Not a beautiful glass. I am always jealous of this glass because of how simple it is, how quickly it cuts, and just how freaking good looking it is when yes, it's, it's done. Yes, it's a good looking glass. It is so yep. good. I spent literally days designing this. <laughs> I spent 30 minutes. And then John cranks us. John sends me over his assets and goes, throw it on a glass. And I put it on the glass and I went, God damn it. <laughs> uh, and, and he stole my nucleated bottom too. So Yeah. Yeah. Oh, of course. That was the only way I was going to allow it. Oh, man, that is thick. So that looks good. That looks that looks good. This smells delicious. I smell the lime and the rum. So, oh baby, oh, how's that for a shot? Poor. That's a pour. <laughs> how's that glass look now? That's 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 how it's supposed to be shot. That's right. <laughs> Ooh, that's interesting. Uh, I love to have a custom logo on. Those look good. Motor oil, yeah, no, I, yeah. I have, I have drained thicker oil from my own vehicles. I'm ashamed to say. <laughs> The little of us drinking. Huh. That's an interesting beer. <laughs> now you're understanding the 3.8? Yes, I am understanding of the 3.8. It's a very thinned body beer at 11%, and you taste the ginger and lime and the rum, which is actually, that's really wonderful tasting. But it's so light that I like. I, I it's I could chug this and be fine and move on to the next. It's not a sipper. I was I was expecting this to be a sipper. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I aromatic of this beer is fantastic. Mouthfeel not so much. So I don't think it's spoiled. Uh, there's nothing funky about this beer other than the ginger and the lime but you taste it so you're like oh 
mm-hmm. that's what it's supposed to be. So uh, you smell the fresh Jamaican rum on it, and when you drink it, you taste lime, rum, and ginger. I can't complain. It's doing everything it said it's supposed to be doing at 11.1%. But I'm just like, eh, eh. So, okay. So I pulled back ever so slightly when I tasted this one. Because I've had the 2021. Um, at one point, I bought like 12 bottles of the standard. And and I yeah. I pull them out for special occasions. We open a couple for Thanksgiving. We open a couple for Christmas. One on my birthday. Like it's just one of the bottles that I've enjoyed sharing with a bunch of people. Um, this one I pulled back on a little bit. Now obviously this is a year more aged than any of them that I've had. Um, this tastes like pirate stout now. In a good way or a bad way? In a good way. It's a little, it's a little thinner than I would like it to be, which is like my one critique of Pirate Stout. Like I wish yes. Pirate Stout had a little more. A little to more, it. yes, I know. Um, uh, so we're talking about Saniam Pirate Stout, which is a standard from Saniam Brewing. Uh, it is a eight percent rum barrel aged stout that you can get three hundred sixty five days a year. It's amazing. Yep. It's always on tap. You can always find cans and bottles of it. Um, and uh, for a standard yearly available beer, it's incredible. Um, yep. My one complaint, it's a little thin at times. I, I want a little bit more body to it. Um, this, minus, minus the coconut that Pirate Stout manages to hit, it's got that same like toasted marshmallow finish, like super charcoaly toasted marshmallow finish. That reminds me exactly of Pirate Stout. Mm. Yeah, you know, I, I've noticed with a lot of stouts, unless they're the big like pastry stouts or something, a lot of the earlier bourbon barrel age, they seem to thin out mm-hmm. a little bit. And I, I'm betting it's just fermentation things settle whatnot even if it's not re-fermenting there's still something going still you know there's still some something being eaten something going on there right settling and um but at the same time the malt characteristics can blend can smooth together to where you're like the flavor's better but the body's now different right and it's like you imagine that original body and then but you're like man i really wish it had this flavor now yeah um the flavor's fantastic. Uh, it just thinned out a little bit. And uh, I'm not saying I don't enjoy it. It's super good. Um, going back and exploring a beer, especially after it's aged, is always interesting because there's so many variables at play there. Um, I don't know that I was quite expecting this. So, and it's still super cold. I pulled it out of my fridge. I, I wanted to go from cold to warm not from warm to even warmer so uh we'll see how uh we'll see how this does as it warms up just a little bit more so how's your uh dental hygiene going jeff oh my dental hygiene is just fine uh (laughs) Simply because I hate paying dentists, but <laughs> now I, you know, th- that's funny is because 
that's actually why I brushed my and floss my teeth a lot more. And I was like, I just don't like going there and, and yep. having more than my routine cleaning. I yep. really hate it. <laughs> yep. Um, I don't even do the routine cleaning all that much. I, I go like oh, once every God. three years. <laughs> oh, no, I'll do the routine clean. And that is it. I, I come out with my back sweating. Yeah. I was like, I hate this. I hate this. I yep. hate this. This is horrible. And they're like, wow. You you clean your teeth very well. I'm like, well, mm-hmm. then why don't they look better? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah i i have I have one of two things. I have either teeth so porous SpongeBob would be jealous, or I had Desantis Dentis when I was a kid because I have more metal in my mouth than Iron Man. Um, oh, I uh, yeah. Uh, so one of those two things is true. Um. I've never experienced pain in my mouth outside of going to the dentist and having my teeth drilled. Um, not that I'm a skeptic, maybe a cynic, uh, but uh, <laughs> like all four corners, I have bridges of four. Just saying. <laughs> anyway. Uh, how do we get on that? Oh, right. The dental oh, yes. denial of service attack um, <laughs> that caused millions of euros in damage. Uh, this is reported by Tom's Hardware, all uh, Bleeping Computer. Um, so Bleeping Computer and Fortinet posted the original articles that were referenced by this. Tom's Hardware did a nice write-up kind of summarizing everything. I did read all of them. It seemed a little suspect from the start, but we'll get into that. Um, and there has been an edit by Tom's Hardware that says, we don't think this actually happened. We think it was a mistranslation and an over-exaggeration, but rest assured, the risk is still potentially there. Yeah. So with that, uh, three million dentists can't be wrong, right? Uh, <laughs> One out of every 10 dentists, or nine out of 10 dentists say this can happen. Yeah. Uh, Apparently, a source says that a sizable army of connected dental cleaning tools was used in a DDoS attack on a Swiss company's website. The firm's site collapsed under the strain of the attack, reportedly resulting in the loss of millions of euros in business. Um, In this particular case, the toothbrush botnet was thought to have been vulnerable due to its Java-based OS. No particular toothbrush brand was mentioned in the source report. Normally, the toothbrushes would have been would have used their connectivity for tracking or improving oral hygiene habits. But after the malware infection, these toothbrushes were, were press-ganged into a botnet. Um, I was a little skeptical of this for a couple of different reasons. Um, number one... Which dental hygiene company that creates toothbrushes, your Oral-Bs, your Colgates, your whoever else, has produced 3 million of any device running the same OS? That seems like a high number. Even for a global rollout, 3 million vulnerable same OS, same instruction sets, same same hardware, still capable of uh, command control via Wi-Fi. That seems like a high number. Maybe I'm wrong. It feels high. 
Uh, but how did they get infected in the first place? That's the other thing. Is... Did 3 million users go out and... And update their toothbrushes? <laughs> update their toothbrushes to a malicious command control center? <laughs> no one's certainly natting information to their to their toothbrushes. I don't well, have a that's... firewall rule and a gnat for my toothbrush. That's that's the beauty of it. That's where the hacker was like, ah, oh, I got it, guys. Toothbrushes. We're going to get them. We're totally going to get them. Who developed the hack? <laughs> and then who created a botnet using oh. 60 megahertz microcontrollers? Here's like, what it is. It's it, it was a dentist, and he recommended this toothbrush to all of his clients. It was that one dentist. It was that one dentist. <laughs> the, the, that one. <laughs> and that was it. He was like, no, it's horrible. Buy this toothbrush. It's the bee's knees. So good. That's why it's Europe. You know, like, it's probably, yeah. like, mostly UK. I, I find it unlikely that any singular company or even company that bought from ODMs from resellers uh, sold 3 million toothbrushes. Smart toothbrushes. Smart toothbrushes. Like toothbrushes, yeah, sure, but smart toothbrushes. Right, smart toothbrushes. Um, but then what's the infection mechanism? And Back. if you had a 100% success rate... You got three million toothbrushes? Yeah. I wanna I, I wanna know what the, the, the malware was called. Was it like, like gingivitis? It was called Colgate. Colgate. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what it is. Uh, um for every exploit there has to be an attack mechanism. There has to be a vulnerability, an open door, a, a way to actually infect command control these devices. Um, yeah, the server was hacked and back-ended to the toothbrush. Even still, that seems unlikely. John, you're dead again. Um, well, you know what? I got to go pee anyways. I mean, I got to go uh, step outside. Got to go bleed the lizard. Yep. Um, it seems nonsensical that, number one, someone would target that number of toothbrushes. Someone would actually develop a command control software where the toothbrushes would stay working as normal so they would still be charged and used because a toothbrush that dies in nine days is no good in a botnet when you need to call it to action. Um, in order to call a bot to action, it would have to be sending data to a, to a site for a command control. Um, obviously no one's natting their toothbrushes and exposing these to the wild internet. Um, so how did they get infected? I understand how command control works in botnets uh, is, is you have a control server that 
you check in with every once in a while and when it replies with a go command you go um but this all seems so weird now as reported by bleeping computer in an update and Fortinet and Tom's hardware in an update, Fortinet issued a statement to bleeping computer indicating that the report of the toothbrush attack is inaccurate. Now the original attack says she's in her bathroom at home, but she's part of a large scale cyber attack. The electric toothbrush is programmed with Java and criminals have un have unnoticed installed malware on it. Like on 3 million other toothbrushes. One command is enough, and the remote-controlled toothbrushes simultaneously access the website of a Swiss company. The site collapses and is paralyzed for four hours. Millions of dollars are lost. This example, which seems like a Hollywood scenario, actually happened, according to the, in to the original interview and original post. It shows how versatile digital attacks have become. I don't discredit that this type of attack is possible. It is so outlandish in its execution. Um, unless the, the OEM or the, you know, the manufacturer's server was infiltrated on like a supply chain level, Seems unlikely that 3 million people would have clicked on a malicious link and then had their Colgate toothbrushes infected. All right, here's an idea. Here's an idea how it could have happened because I went and looked up, like, most prominent, smart uh, toothbrushes and Amazon, you know, uh, number one sellers. And it's a mobile app. And if they did infect the main kernel of the mobile app and then there was an update, that could infect the toothbrush. That could be a, a an attack vector. That, that would have been the way it could have done it. And then this is now just phrasing that it was a DDoS attack from your toothbrushes when it actually could have actually, you know, been a mobile app uh, of your cell phone via your toothbrush app. But again, like you were saying, it could have been a translation issue. Um. Yeah, you know, you know, there, there was a there was a lot of weirdness uh, to the original article where it could have been misinterpreted. So because of the translation, so yeah. But that that could have been still three million. Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a pretty weak app. If my thought process would have worked that way, but it's not likely. So that's probably more likely um, that way than hold on. Uh, we can we can check this kind of thing. I want to know how many people have downloaded the Oral B toothbrush app. Five million yeah, people. They, Five million downloads well, for Oral B. Colgate toothbrush app. Uh, Colgate Connect. One hundred thousand. Okay. Uh, Phillips. Oh, wait, hang on. Let's do it. Smart. Uh, Phillips Sonicare app. 500,000. Okay, so we're up to 500 or 5,560,000. 5.6 million. 
between the three major manufacturers of smart toothbrushes. So out of 5.6 million, I'm expected to believe that 3 million were infected. Did you wait? Did you say Philips was the number one? Uh, Oral B is number one. Okay. And then Philips Sonicare and Colgate. All right. Uh, Philips Oral B iOS Series 9 is the number two best selling toothbrush. Yeah. In Europe. Yeah. So maybe. But But according to the Play Store, and I know there's other sources, according to the Play Store, there's 5 million downloads of the Oral-B app. Let's let's say 10 million and round up for iOS sake. Let, let's say yeah. one-to-one iOS. So 10 million. You're still expecting me to believe a 30% infection rate? It's a good hack. Seems high. Seems high. <laughs> Just saying. Disgruntled employee who originally wrote the program? <laughs> Could be a supply chain level issue. However, as we found out, in most but, cases, that's nearly impossible. Yeah, and, and also this is uh, what Occam's Razor is, is not probably not. We are taking leaps and bounds <laughs> for this. Uh, someone says Braun, B R A U N. Uh, Braun is Oral B. So yeah. there you go. You, you'd be surprised. I mean, it, it's just like so many other companies. There's only like three or four actual companies and they buy subsidiaries. Oh. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, John. I'm sorry, John. I was really hoping I wouldn't have an issue this week. It's been like three weeks in a row. It has a USB charging station. Oh, my battery's inside my house. Come on. Uh, oh, I gave my wife one. John, I just need to send you one of my 4K webcams, and you can start streaming with that. Uh, Uber Sprite, Uber Sprite oh. says the Pokemon Smile app for kids to brush their teeth has one million plus downloads. Yes, but that doesn't connect to their smart toothbrush for a command control botnet attack. That is an app to encourage people to brush their teeth. As the father of three kids. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, 30% infection rate, not going to happen. Uh, 3 million identical devices, possible, also unlikely. Um, the fact that these were used in a command control attack, I'm sure they do run a Java OS, uh, Zoidberg, sorry, Zach, uh, said, uh, you know it's fake because it said they use Java oh. for an OS. Um, Java runs on every device. There's my battery. Uh -huh. I'm going to try this. There we go. Yola. <laughs> hey, I have to get the battery. What? 
it's the poets checking in. Hey, man. Cheers, my friend. Uh, what's up, Craft? I have your round medallion on my desk. Sweet. Um, so uh, this last uh, this last time I went out and about uh, uh, was up at LTX uh, for a, for a, a conference. And uh, DePoets was there, and I gave a whole bunch of, of people my new business cards, which are essentially slammers, like for Pog. Uh, I, I bought some aluminum discs, and I put my logo on one side, and I put a QR code to my YouTube channel on the other, and that was my business card. Oh, you know what you should have done would have been even better is if you did that, but then handed uh, uh, pogs of the other three hosts so you can like slam on them and be like, screw those guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but hey, thanks for checking in, my friend. Uh, if you ever want to grab any more beer anytime, if you're ever in the Northwest, let me know. I, I know some places. So just saying. Uh, we do have a couple other stories to get to real quick. Um, the Apple Vision Pro is now out and about. People love it. People hate it. People love to hate it. Um, love it or hate it. As with all things Apple, there's usually some pretty cool tech inside. And this is the one that really caught my eye. Uh, especially from a VR, AR enthusiast as I am. Uh, maybe at PAX West. Ooh. We'll be at the next PAX West. Without a doubt. So, yes. Uh, the last time we went to PAX West, uh, we hit up the original Starbucks Roastery, uh, which oh, also has yes. a full-time bar. Oh. That was great. That was a good hangout place. Uh, so yes. Jeff came this close to getting a divorce and marrying the bartender. <laughs> it was this close. Like, Steve and I had to pull him back. Like, no, no. You are. You have a loving family. Come on. You love your wife and kids. And he was oh. like, oh. oh, she gets me. She gets me. The she drink that it. girl made me? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you, you were in love that night. Like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I was all kinds of Twitter pated. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, she made me a cold brew whiskey, old fashioned. It, to be honest, when I tried it, it was pretty darn tasty. It was right. Magical. You'd you'd leave your wife too. Oh yeah, probably. Well, like, she constantly made me drink like that every night instead of dinner. Basically, if she did that instead of honey, here's dinner. Here's honey. Here's a cocktail. Yes, right? totally. Right. If my wife was watching, love you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yes, uh, Pax West. I think we will be attending this year. Well, in fact, we'll make we'll make it happen. If you're going to be there, we'll make it happen. That'll be fun. Wait, what's the date for those? Uh, it's Excellent. usually Labor Day uh, Labor Day weekend. And so it's September. Oh. Se- it's first weekend in September. Yeah, we're good. We're good. Yeah. I mean, I'm good. That's what I just say. I, I'm good. <laughs> the poet <laughs> I, says, I cold brew, whisk, old... F- okay, I'm going to PAX West. 
(laughs) (laughs) So yeah, it's a Starbucks with coffee roasters in the background, but they also employ like four full-time bartenders um, and they make coffee-inspired cocktails and they're amazing. Um, They had like 15 cocktails on their menu when we went. Uh, there were four of us. They would serve us each two cocktails, and that was their yes. limit. Corporate wise, they they said we can only serve to, serve you two cocktails, and we so, got eight. <laughs> so we got eight. <laughs> and uh, uh, so everyone had everyone had their orders in, and and I was going for my second, and everyone had already had their second. And I said, "Make me something that's going to make me question reality." Was yep. was kind of my question for her, and uh, so she goes, "I'm going to make you my old fashioned, but I'm not going to tell you how I made it." And, uh, and so she makes it and, uh, and I tried it and I went, holy crap, this is one of the best cocktails I've ever had. And it's also, it's making me question reality. So you, you did your job, right? You wouldn't serve me mezcal, but I want to say this tastes like mezcal. I want to say, I want to say you served me a mezcal old fashioned and you've spiked it with coffee, but that's not what you did. And she goes, no, that's not what I did. And I said, holy crap. Um, and uh, no, she, over the course of a week, they take whiskey and they pr- and they cold press it through coffee beans or through coffee grounds. And uh, they make a cold press whiskey. Uh, and I think she was the one who like came up with that or did that herself. I think she, it's so I've since that. recreated that yeah. and it works. Yeah. Uh, I, I have a method of doing cold press whiskey now uh, that is... On par. The closest, if you want to get to a poor man's version, the closest you can get is Jameson's cold brew, uh, or uh, no, a stout, stout, stout cast. That's the that's the poor the man's stout cask. The the cold brew. Even then, not enough coffee. Yeah, uh, no, I said poor man's version. Right. No, I I have actually done cold brew whiskey uh, here in my house, and I have near. Prof- I'm I'm looking for the right whiskey still to like. Make it work. Yeah, and as DePoet says, uh, a way to a man's heart is through his liver. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Anyway. Yes. Uh, tell me more about cold press whiskey. Uh, stay tuned to Mixology March here on Craft Computing. I think I'm going to bring it back. <laughs> March is cocktail month here on Craft Computing. It's going to be fun. It anyway, is. Apple Vision Pro, oh, Apple VR enthusiast, AR about. enthusiast. Um, love it or hate it, the tech is really, really impressive inside the Apple Vision Pro. Is it worth $3,500? Probably not. Uh, but at the same time, it's still better than everything else. So why doesn't it cost more than two times as much? Uh, the displays on the Vision Pro are kind of the, the ire of my interest today in that iFixit says the displays in a microscope offer 54 times the density of an iPhone Pro 15. The pixels on this OLED display, micro OLED display, excuse me, are the size of red blood cells. Uh, With each 0.98 square inch screen housing 12.1 million pixels. Individually illuminated pixels. Uh, 
3,386 pixels per inch. This is from the company that claimed 320 pixels per inch was a retina display, as long as you weren't slamming it into your eye. Apparently you need 10 times that to get retina when it's three inches from your face. Uh, so, yes. Yes. Uh, incredible resolution. I've not tried one yet. I've been hesitant to try one because I also don't want to spend $3,500 right now. Uh, like, I'm I'm sure it's great. The software support isn't there. They're not allowing true VR experiences outside of their own walled ecosystem. They're trying to keep everything close to the vest. I'm sure it will open up eventually, but that eventually is not here yet. But again, this kind of tech, that when Apple is on their game, when they develop class-leading tech, this starts bleeding out to everyone else. Uh, so yes, Apple has 3,386 pixels per inch in a display today. Uh, most of the iPhones are 10% of that, 5% yeah. of that. Uh, as as far as resolution goes, uh, 4K TVs are around 140 pixels per inch. Uh, the monitor in front of me, I think, is 215 pixels per inch in a 34 inch 3440 by 1440 ultra wide. Um, so there's room to grow, right? Uh, this tech eventually makes its way into other devices, into other brands, into other things that we're going to use. And specifically for the AR VR space, um, I can't say that I've tried one that's three that's 3,300 pixels per inch, but I've tried one that's 2,000 pixels per inch. Yeah, and how big it's was good. that thing, you know? Real? Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I got I got to try a display that blew my mind at uh, Augmented World Expo. So, but I mean, that's what 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 are these costs like over three k for you know the headset thirty five hundred dollars. Yeah, so you're that's basically what this is. Is it's a, I think Apple is basically just doing proof of concept. We're the first. We're going to show you the hardware. This everything is possible now. Yep. You're going to have to pay for it, but doing this they're going to make that reputation of yep we're the best at it right now because we were the first at it so therefore we're awesome uh a lot of companies do this type of methodology of releasing new innovative soft hardware and software um but yeah i totally agree with it come three years two years from now the price point will drop so far low um the ingenuity that a screen like this will be implemented into different things yeah. will be amazing um, you know it, it's gonna be sweet uh, where you know 4K t TVs 4K monitors uh, glasses like you know you, you were you've done videos on those are gonna be so cheap and so easily available to where five years from now they're going to be the 199 market you know type of deal and they're yeah. really good. And that that display, though, that quality will be so far surpassed into a much better 
reality or, or, or the hardware will be, not even the, the quality because the eye can only take so much, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Um but there'll be there'll be newer things, but it's it's amazing to see. I love when companies do stuff like this. It's nice. Um I won't pay thirty five hundred dollars to see this. The videos are odd, they're weird to see, like you said, people love this, people hate this. Um I, I saw like a, a, a pilot using it while he was flying. I was like, Yeah, that's just I don't want to see that. <laughs> you know, um, the 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 pie in the sky, the thing that we want AR to be is seamless. We want to be able to put on a pair of glasses like this. And I've seen uh, there there's an ODM that is making displays that look like this that have half the resolution of the of the apple glasses and are completely transparent just like putting on a pair of glasses now the control box is under is on a pack but you got to put the battery somewhere anyway so i don't mind a tether uh in my life um but there are displays out there like this at 2000 pixels per inch at 110 degree field of view or wider um that with a camera with the right software with the right development could totally transform the way we interact day to day. Um, there have been tech demos all the time of BMW and Mercedes using augmented reality in shops for assembling cars and repairing cars. Hey, this car came in and it has a bad AC compressor. First, you're going to remove these two bolts and pick up this component. Then you're going to need this tool to do it. And it highlights in 3D space where you're supposed to be looking in the engine bay. Um, That is something that is used in the industry. Uh, Airline pilots pilots use VR for training. Uh, Stewardesses use VR for training. Uh, Stewards, sorry, airline hosts, hostess. Um, use VR for training. There's a number of different industries that are using VR for training now. Um, the well, the it, problem yeah, is yeah. outside of purpose-built linear short scenarios, uh, it's not been able to really impact our daily lives. The The coolest example I've ever seen of AR as a device that could be implemented into my daily life was when I tried Google Glass for the first time. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I had GPS directions projected in my peripheral vision just above me in the car. And I had a 3D representation of the road just above my vision, right about where I'd be glancing at the rearview mirror uh, when I was driving. I was going to say the GPS and directional would, would be the most obvious. Totally cool. Put that in a motorcycle, I'm sold. Uh, uh, I love it. Or even just walking, being like, take me to the closest restaurant, whatever. Right. And walk this way. Arrow this way. You know, And you right. could easily talk and not have to say, in 20 feet, take a right. No, you just you see this arrow. Yeah. It says, go right. It just says, on this street, go this way. and Or yeah. your building should be right there. Or the thing you're looking for. Um, what we're missing right now is the real-time highlight it for me in my main vision. We, we've covered the 
peripheral notifications. We, we've, we've managed to do that with a number of different devices. There's a number of different heads-up displays that you can buy, whether it's snowboarding goggles, whether it's, it's motorcycle heads-up displays that can give that kind of information. Mm-hmm. What we're waiting for is the next paradigm shift of show me in real time, in my real vision, when I'm looking forward and interacting with the world in front of me, what I'm supposed to be looking for. Uh, and the Apple Vision Pro, even without having tried it, shows me kind of that next paradigm shift of mm-hmm. potent- the hardware is now there. Before we couldn't say the hardware was there. I mean, from my from my understanding, this is essentially just your Apple phone in a uh, augmented reality space in front of you. But the thing is, being able to project the entire world with these spatial cameras and the depth sensors and everything else to map your real world setting, and then the software stack to be able to say, oh, I know what you're looking at right now. What you're looking for is there. Yeah. In my main vision. Not peripheral, now, not a not a vague arrow, not a, oh, you happen to be traveling 65 miles per hour. No. I want to know to the foot, to the inch, to the border of the wall of the property, what am I supposed to be looking at when I'm looking at GPS directions? That's the next paradigm shift. Now, see, what you could do is... Because they're working on what I think it's called like air charging or something like that to loosen that tether. Uh, you could have those glasses that you were talking about. And then if you could sync your phone to be your computing device uh, and then have a battery pack backup on, say, another pocket or your wallet or something uh, to air charge the glasses, that would be a more practical thing of, of than it is, like you were saying, that's tiny glasses that your sunglasses that your day-to-day glasses they mm-hmm. look fine they they do things and the cool part yeah I, I do agree every aspect of the uh google glass or not sorry um apple uh vision yeah um it's advancing and that's the not the, the great part everything yeah. is advancing forward i don't think it's there yet but it shows we are getting faster and faster closer and closer to that cool product we're wanting, that Hollywood style product that everyone's looking at, that comic book, that movie, you know, anime, cartoon style, the uh, Jar- or, um, Jarvis, you know, Iron Man type thing. Click your click your eyeglasses. You're getting all these cool augmented realities. Oh, what was that stupid Minority Report? You have you know you can move cool things around. Yeah, and I want to zoom into things, uh, but you could put a pair of glasses on that's very thin and do that and be like, oh, I need to take a look at my map or I need to take a look at something, a diagram or of within a high resolution camera and you're looking at something, I need to zoom into this one spot, but have one part be zoomed in and very high resolution for you. You know, um, that's coming closer and closer. So I like that. Hello, Jeff Gearling. Jeff Gearling's <laughs> chiming in as well. All the all the friends that I met over at LTX. Um, uh, uh, so will the future be Blade Runner or Minority Report? I think 
unfortunately both, but the worst aspects of both. So yep. remember how Decker walks everywhere and it recognizes who Decker is and gives ads directly to him, but also in Minority Report, it did the same thing with Tom Cruise until he switched his eyes with some random Chinese lady and then it recognized him as that Chinese lady. Same future. <laughs> well, they already do that in China, so that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so when they when they have AI tracking you everywhere over there, uh, I mean we we have that in our phones, anyways. Uh, but yeah, or or the Futurama, <laughs> what was the lightning underwear? <laughs> oh yeah, the the lightning briefs. Uh, yeah, the yeah, lightning briefs. The, the the dream put... implanted into your brain. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Fry, are you in your underwear? Yeah. <laughs> Great episode. I mean, yeah. No, I, I, I mean, mean I mean, correlate that with the new Futurama with the iPhone. Oh, yeah, where it goes. Jamming it into your eye. You're right. Uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> the future is all advertising-based? Exactly. Uh, the more they can lock on to who you are as an individual and the more they can get you to buy more product and the more they can advertise directly to you exactly, uh, the more you're going to see Minority Report and Blade Runner. It's literally the same future. Well, there you go. There's your whole AI uh, home integration, though, is the more and more it goes is you become the product uh, for their AI and they're selling you right now the chance to get out of that, Jeff. Build your AI now. Build your own personal AI so you you don't have to rely on their free one that tracks everything for you. That's really what they're doing for you, Jeff. It's true. Build a supercomputer computer for you now, and in 20 years, you can give it to your kids so it doesn't get tracked. So yeah. they aren't tracked. Uh, we had two more stories to get to. I'll touch on them briefly because I think yep. the titles do enough justice. And then I think we can we have time for a couple questions. Uh, Mike, I see you. I'm going to answer. It's not going to be a very good answer, though. Uh, old NVIDIA GPUs enjoy huge performance uplifts thanks to a new mod. Someone has ported DLSS 3 and FSR 3 to old Turing and Ampere graphics cards. So you can take advantage of DLSS 3 and DLSS 3.0. Five, as well as AMD's FSR three, um, and get the same performance uplift just on the older architecture. Who knew that all that RTX and AI goodness was just parallelized computing that didn't really require special instruction sets? We just wanted to make it a hardware differentiating feature, but it turns out it's really not. Uh, and. Uh, a group of modders has been working for 10 years on recreating the original StarCraft 1 and Brood War in StarCraft 2, complete with remastered cutscenes and custom model units. Um, and this is a super cool mod. I've seen a couple of YouTube videos going through it. Uh, they have recreated all of the, the War Room sequences and... and transported the voice actors and used either their modern voice actor you know it's a great mod if you're a fan of the original starcraft and brood war holy crap this is worth playing it looks fun i saw the trailer and it's, it's pretty sweet looking it's probably how same, i'm gonna spend my weekend it although at the same time i then saw the original like man that was a fun game i kind of want to go play the classic 
That was that was my take. I was like, hey, John, we should awesome. play, we should play the classic. I'd love to play the classic. I I would I would love. There was there was a game I did with Steve one time, and it went for like hours just because he beat me. But then I kept like making tiny bases everywhere and taking the spy and nuking his army just just before he tried to attack me. I was like, yes. I'm not going to win this, but I'm going to make it. I'm going to prolong this as long yeah, as I can. But we're both going to lose. <laughs> <laughs> His Protoss army will die. Yes. <laughs> Nuclear launch detected. Exactly. <laughs> God, those took forever. Oh, man. How do you still have a ghost, mother? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. Did that. Um,. Anyway, link is in the description to that article. Uh, it's called StarCraft Mass Recall. Uh, and it is a full recreation of StarCraft 1 in the StarCraft 2 engine, complete with models, cutscenes, voice acting, everything that you could ever want. It is free to play. Uh, go download it now. Uh, you could also download the StarCraft Classic, which is basically a modernized version of StarCraft. You can run it on a modern OS. Uh, you can also download StarCraft Cartooned, which is kind of like a StarCraft meets Battle Beast aesthetic, uh, which is also kind of fun. Uh, but yeah, John, we should play some StarCraft this weekend. It would be fun. I'd, I'd do that. I'd do that. I'd do that. Drunk StarCraft Live Night stream. Join the, title the, writes join the Discord and you might see that happen. Uh, let's, let's talk afterwards, but what's your schedule? Let's make that happen. I, 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 uh, Saturday evening, I'm clear. I think I'm clear Saturday uh, evening as well. I have I, a, I, I think have we're going to live stream some StarCraft this weekend. That we could, could be fun. Do, we could do some, I could do some StarCraft. I could do some StarCraft. Do you have a breathalyzer? Cause I kind of want there to be a minimum, uh, blow I do before have we start. A, I do have a breathalyzer. I do as well. A minimum ABV level. You have to right. start here. You have to start at a point one and continue drinking. Ah, uh, yes. Oh, totally. Yes. Yeah. So, whoever... Oh, here we go. Here we go. Point one. If... And then here, there's two ways of die. If you go past point eight, you lose the game. Ooh. If it's still in the middle of the game. So you have to make, but then, or if you just you, die regularly, you have to maintain before, an ABV. You have to maintain. You have to bomber peak it, is what you're trying to get yeah, at. Yes, exactly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm on board. I'm on board. Exactly. Uh, Rambozo, it's not I live for ire, it's my life for ire. Get the quote right. <laughs> Uh, that's a challenge, yeah. It's kind of like Mario Kart drinking. Have you ever done the Mario Kart drinking game? I have, yeah. Okay. Fun. For those who don't know, you open a beer at the beginning of a race. So you yep. have, you have you start a circuit race. It's four races. You open a beer at the beginning of a race. Um, you are allowed to drive or you are allowed to drink, but you cannot finish the you cannot cross the finish line until your beverage is consumed. Yep. And so you can either jet out in front and then stop at the finish line and slam your beer and then cross. Or you can drive for a little bit and drink and then drive for a little bit and drink. Or you can consume the entire thing and then drive to the finish line and try to pass everyone. Um, and then then usually the fourth race, because it's it's not a single race. Right. It's, you know, the trophy for six, eight. Uh, the, uh, you, by the end, your plan can vary. 
you know, it, it, it might <laughs> it might not work for you so much. Right. We should do both of those. We should do we should, we should do, that would be fun to do as well. We should do a live live mar now see that's oh I propose what what's the next anniversary for craft computing? Oh it's in August. Let's do a four way Mario Kart race. Oh live stream. We do Mario Kart live drink. Yeah, yes. 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 All four because I I have I have a spare switch or I think Steve has a, a mod and I've got one. whatever. Yeah. yeah, we 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 can we can easily make that happen. Yeah. That would be that would be super and here's how we do it. We could easily make it to where we all have the same beers. Yeah. Too. That would be fun. I think what we need to do um because I hate playing on three player or four player on a single switch because it drops you to 30 fps and that's okay. just wrong. Um, I think we need to get four switches together. We need to do a LAN game so we can all have our own screens. We combine those screens into one conglomerate so we can show the entire gameplay on the native switches as they happen, as well as our four faces via cameras. Uh-huh. I think that's the well, best way to do it. Well, I have three switches and you have one. So there we go. Or you probably have more than one. Um, I, I do have a couple. Yes. So yeah, I, I got three. I got three. I got three. We can make this happen. We can make this um, happen. Uh, Green says, can't drink and drive is more cannot drink while driving. Um, what, John? We've been, we, we've been doing this, this gig for a while, Jeff, of drinking and driving stuff. This is how Craft Computing's channel was even built upon this base i'm sorry so for those who don't know the origins of craft computing i leased a space above john's bar to run a vr arcade to help fund the production of craft computing um i was basically taking people's money and introducing them to vr so i could buy hardware so i could produce youtube videos and so yes. that's that's the origin of craft computing. One of the best ways we did that was hot laps in project cars in VR to drink minimum. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was great. It was it was fantastic. And I then, had a did... I had a full sit down racing simulator um that would would strap you into VR. It had an, an actual car seat. It had a yep. six-speed shifter. It had three pedals. It had the force feedback steering wheel. Um, you could adjust your seating position. You could do all that kind of thing. Um, but at the end of the day, it strapped you into a car with way too much horsepower. Um, and so what we would do is every week, we would choose a course and a track. And on your honor, you come in. You have two pints. You go upstairs. You pay your entry fee. You race the track, you post your lap time, and then at the end of the week, uh, the winner gets a prize. The winner gets yep. a, a, a free, you know, $10 gift card or something like that. Um, or something. Yeah. Uh, but that's what we did. It was legal drinking and driving, as yeah, as, <laughs> as you pointed out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was, and then, and then we even did, like, uh, we promoted a league within all the tap rooms and breweries. So like, all right, 
bring your best drivers, bring your mm-hmm. best drinkers. And we had the brewery owners and the brewers with like teams of two or three. I think it was two. And, yeah, it seems uh, to do, we did it. I think I think we had ended up holding like three events, but we had like twelve breweries and and tap houses involved. Yeah, it was it was it was pretty fun. <laughs> uh, it was yeah because we had to do it that particular one after closing hours. Uh, but yeah, it, 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 again, if you go back to I think it's like the first five episodes of Craft Computing. Yeah, it's it's shot above my my tap room. Yeah, um, big big white background, everything. Uh, I, I still have some pictures that show up on my memory of like Me AJ. Too. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> ah, that's funny. That's uh, good times. Good times. Uh, oh, one, yeah. uh, one of the memories I'd rather do without is the time that I, I had my brother-in-law up there. I was introducing him to VR for the first time and I, I introduced him to Gorn. Oh, I remember Gorn. Yes. Um, The gladiator one. Yeah. Uh, so... Uh, the computer that I built for Craft Computing's very first video, the X79 thrown into, you know, a random PC case, um, it, uh, it did okay. Uh, it, it was a 1070 and a six, uh, a 2667 V0 Xeon. Uh, and that's what ran my VR arcade. Um, and, uh... It was set up on a little Ikea table, and then I had a chair right next to it. And then we had set up a, what, a 15 by 12 foot floor or something like that, that I had, I, I had installed a full hardwood floor uh, that was a nice smooth surface with a green screen behind it so we could film people being in the game while they were in the game. Um, anyway, I brought my brother-in-law up, and we had ha- both had a couple of drinks. And I said, hey, you have to try this game. It's called Gorn. It's amazing. And so I put his headset on. And uh, in that game, the warnings about you're stepping outside of the bounds of VR feel a little fluid because the game feels so real. And so (laughs) when you're taking a hammer and you're trying to come down and smash the head off of of one of the enemy combatants, it feels very real in your brain. But when you take three steps outside of the grid that warns you, hey, you're stepping outside of the grid, and then you clock me over the head with a Vive controller. <laughs> oh, that's right. And take me to the ground. <laughs> you are that was funny. I remember, well, I just remember hearing about it and just laughing so hard. I'm pretty sure I had a concussion from that. He broke a Vive <laughs> controller over my head in VR. I don't remember that. I'm like, what? What's going on up there? Man, I don't know another tap room that had like four movies in the basement, in a haunted basement, by the way. Mm-hmm. Beer plus Star Trek plus Futurama plus South Park in the main auditorium basically 24 hours a day right and be drunk vr upstairs drunk vr and drunk driving upstairs yeah it was i don't know but oh my gosh john we may need to re-evaluate i'm just saying i and i oh i totally yeah man that I mean, we the ideas we had are gold. They're, yes. they're they're platinum. They are so good. Yeah, 
I just I just think location location was key and it was just the wrong location. It was it was a block off. It was a block off. It was a block That's off. All, However, block off. the block that it was off of, I hear, is available. I'm not gonna go back there. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, not right now. Maybe maybe like three years from now I might. Just float it out there. No, not right now, but three years. And I'm there. saying, if you needed a, a business partner in this particular venture, uh, that one. Okay. Oh, well, if I'm not, I'll tell you what. You do all the financing. I'll do the management. <laughs> I was gonna go the other way on that because because <laughs> I wasn't impressed on the other side of things. <laughs> Uh, I know a great bar manager. Yes, and I'm sure he'd jump at the chance. Like, uh, I've looked over the the last couple of years of uh, of different spots. Remember, I almost bought a tap house. I I, I, I tried uh, in 2019. I tried to buy one, and uh, it got ripped out from under me at last second. Um, No, if if I ever did, he'd be my first call. No, he's a great guy. Uh... Uh, yeah, no, I, it's, it's still always in the back of my mind. It's like, I know what to do. I know what went wrong. I, so it's like, now I know all the right steps and all the wrong steps. Like I can make this work. I, 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 it's like, I feel it in the, in my bones, essentially, you know, type of thing. How much happier would you be doing that? Oh man. If I could make even like. 40% 40% less than what I make now. Be like, I don't care. I'd be happy. right. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm doing, I'm doing stuff. I love, I love, I loved doing the entertainment value of that place. I, 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 okay. I, I'm, I felt I was good at that. And the people around me told me I was good. at So I'm, I'm not trying to boast, but I felt I was really good at that. You I were really it. good at that. You were genuinely very good at that. Yeah. Uh, the the reason that every bartender in Salem went to drink at your tap room proves you were good at that. Yeah, exactly. So it's like I had an eye. I had the thing. It's like, oh, I know what people want to try, whether yeah. it's good or bad. I could sell you on the experience. Yeah. Of it. And 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 life wise, that's the thing is I could. You come into the bar and. Well, actually, so I will to to the people out there. Here's the one thing that I did, and, and the weirdest thing, but it's so simple, is I waved to everyone that walked by my tap room. Mm-hmm. It was a glass front door, it was a glass front wall, mm-hmm. and we. I told every staff, and it was a requirement: no matter what, smile at every person that walked by, with a kid or not, you waved at them. Yep, and I got. 30% of the people to walk by like, why'd you wave? Like, we just want to say hi. Yeah. All right. I want to come in here. Yeah. I want to see what you're about. Just by that aspect yep. was an amazing business tactic of, yep. of friendly openness. I trust this person. I believe in this person. Mm-hmm. I'm just, hi, how you doing? That's it. That's it. You know, so. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it, 8, 8.30. How are we doing? How, I, oh, you know what? I didn't... I had this. How's the stout now? It's good. It's good? Uh, I finished mine. Mine was 12 ounces, so it wasn't as big as yours. Yeah, mine was... Uh, mine was... 
It's like two. It's sixteen nine. I think is what they they do five hundred mil. I think is what they do on these. Um, So I don't my. I liked it. I liked it more toward the end. I just missed. I I wish I had a bigger body. That's my only complaint about it. But uh, now that it's warmed up, and I think I think we'll probably finish with this. The body firmed up as this beer warmed up, which I love to see. Firmed up a lot. Um, it went from a really thin milk chocolate to not quite a syrup, but syrup-esque. If anyone's ever watched the Mythbusters episode of Swimming in Syrup, you know what constitutes a syrup. Um... This this reached syrup esque like levels of like body thickness and viscosity. Uh, and I love that episode for that, for explaining all of that to us. Uh, holy crap! The 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 roastiness and and. I, I would even go beyond that and say char level on mm. this beer is so freaking good. Uh, it is it is thick, it is heavy, it is chewy. It's also very dry. Uh like I feel the water actively being sucked out of my mouth by drinking this beer. <laughs> very, very good. I was disappointed when I first opened this because I was kind of worried. Maybe it had sat too long. Maybe it had gone a little bad. Maybe there's something that didn't quite age right. Maybe there's this, maybe there's that. Warmed up to to forty five, maybe fifty degrees. Mm. This beer is perfect. Twenty one, you said year. Twenty one, three years age. Twenty one, so three years age. Standard Goose Island. So standard you... standard Bourbon County Stout, no special yeah. label. Standard BCS. So with that, and I always encourage this. When you get the standard, if that's all you get, buy three. Buy three. One fresh, one year old, mm-hmm. and then and then pick your poison of how old you want to go. Yeah. It sounds like probably three years might be the best. Three years uh, for the 2021, era. I think, is finally the money spot. Where, where even, uh, I think I opened this beer a year plus two months ago for Thanksgiving. Uh, I, I had a 2021 for Thanksgiving in late 2022. Um, and even then I, I think my, my thoughts were the same. It's a little bit thin. It's, it's not quite, it's not meaty enough. It doesn't have enough body to it. Um, finally, I think this beer is ready. Yeah. 
Have we tried Blackened Voodoo from Louisiana? I have not heard of that brewery. I've not heard of that. Um, I've tried breweries from... It must be all 50 states at this point. I can't actively think of a brewery that I've had in Louisiana. That's a good... I've even had breweries out of Mississippi. I can't think of a Louisiana brewery. I've had Florida, Georgia, Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, Carolinas, Iowa, Oklahoma, Texas. I've had everything around it. I can't actively think of a oh. Louisiana brewery. Hang on. Go, Louisiana, Ghost in the Machine. Oh, okay. Parish. Back to the one I just had. Oh, Parish. Okay, there you go. Right, yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, there you go. So there you go. Yep. Louisiana. There we go. Well, uh, yeah, Parish, Louisiana. Beers in, okay, that makes sense. In Louisiana, go Parish. So there we go. Just had one tonight. <laughs> there you go. Holy Ghost is number six. So there we go. Yeah, Novella says, I think of many Minnesota breweries. Like, there are 50 Oregon breweries I can mention before I would even come close to mentioning a Louisiana brewery. Well, that's the problem is we have so many like locally. I'm like, and there are, there are 20 Washington. There are probably 30 California. There's another 25 or 30 Colorado. There's another 10 or 12 Arizona. There's a dozen New Mexico. There's. I think Wyoming's the only other one that I have a really hard time. Like, Oh, what's that one in Wyoming? That would be pretty fun. You know, I wonder if I could do that for like a March thing or something like try to get all all 50 remaining, states, all, all 50 states or the remaining that I don't have go yeah. through un, my untapped and be like, oh, here's all the states I'm missing or make that a series. You know, here's the states I'm missing. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a good beer or not, just to say, OK, I've had a beer in every state. Yeah. Yeah, What's funny is, is, is like I said, I've, I've had beer shipped to me from literally all 50 states. I, I've, I've had Alaska, Washington, California, Idaho, Denver, Mon- you know, Colorado, Arizona, New Mexico, you know, go from the West Coast to the East. I can't remember receiving a beer from a Louisiana brewery. Yeah. It's the one state that I go, I don't think I, I've, I've received beers from North and South Dakota, and I can't think of a brewery from Louisiana. Now, other than the perishable, that was the thing. When I looked it up, like the top 10, 10 beers from Louisiana, all of them were perish. And you go, so oh, right, like, perish. Oh, and, a perish. you know, gun to what my head, I might have come up with perish brewery. Yeah. And they're like, I can't name okay, a second. Yeah, exactly. So. So, yeah, um, that might be an interesting. An interesting video concept of uh, or a series <laughs> concept. Yeah, 50 state. Get on Untapped. Figure out what the best beer is from every state. Ooh, that's a good one. Highest rated highest rated beer or or standard this is standard highest beer rated brewery. brewery and their best rated beer. Like or, like or, go or, go with that. To, you have to go with standard because their best rated could be a one-off. But they're standard. A beer that you can acquire. Year-round, year-round beer. A beer that you can acquire. 
Yeah. And, okay, and so what I would say is best rated brewery. So get on to what's the best brewery in Louisiana? And it goes perish. And you go, okay, what's their best beer that I can buy today? And you buy that beer. And then you send them to Hops and Brews. So that's what you And then you send them to Hops and Brews. Um, <laughs> or and or then, Jeff, uh, and we'll do a live craft, uh, StarCraft or Mario Kart. Uh. <laughs> you know what? I still have those Hershey's Yunglings. Oh, I think we just lost John. Oh, no. And I think that's a great time to end the show because it was time to end the show anyway. It's 8.30. It's 30 minutes past the hour. We're we're twenty eight seconds or twenty eight minutes past uh, the time that makes us two and a half hour show. Uh, cool. Uh, John has a home automation system, and I know his power likes to kick off at certain times. I bet he set it for eight thirty tonight because it literally just clicked over to eight thirty, and I bet his power died. <laughs> I bet if he signs back on, that's the issue. Uh, anyway. Thank you all so much for watching episode 320 of Talking Heads. Join us every Wednesday night at 6 p.m. Pacific time for the latest in beer and sometimes some tech news. Uh, Visit craftcomputing.store. You can pick up our nucleated pint glasses, all custom etched and designed and made in-house to order. If you buy a pint glass, it literally sends me a notification to go cut one in my garage. So that's the level of care and quality and, and craftsmanship that you're getting. Uh, John, are you back? Did did I guess correctly that your power, your home automation system decided to kick off your lights at 830? Oh, it's not even letting me join. <laughs> I, I, I see you. I see you. Oh, okay. All right. There you are. There you are. Yeah, no, uh, my uh, my timer for my shed. Called it. Power. <laughs> I went, John has a home automation system, and I bet it told him to kick off at 8.30 today. <laughs> it did. That's exactly what it did. Because it was 8.29, and your lights went, boop! <laughs> and I was like, there's no way we're going to 8.30. Uh, we'll be fine. You know better. So, Set it to 9 o'clock on Wednesdays. God damn well, it. Well, there we go. God so, damn it. Yep. Anyway. Anyways, good place to end. Yes, good place to I was I was halfway through the outro, so... Subscribe to Hops and Brews if you like the beer content on this channel and want to see more beer reviews, including some of yours truly, but also some of John. He's, he's kind of a necessary evil in that circumstance. Uh, anyway, uh, links are all down in the video description. Buy, buy a pint glass. It helps keep the lights on around here. Every pint glass yeah. is made to order. As I said, if you place an order, I literally get a notification that I need to cut up a couple more pint glasses. So that's the way that works. Uh, John, any go to the order while we've still got you via cell phone? Uh, no, I'm good. Just, uh, yeah. Uh, order more of those pint glasses, the, the hops and bruise ones. Those yes. are good. I, I love that the orientation in this particular format lends itself to the TikTok era because you're on a vertical cell phone right now. <laughs> anyway. Yes. Thank you all so much for watching. And as always, we will see you next week. See Cheers, you